episode 29 of the Bearded Carcast. I am Mike Pacheco. He is Dave Freeman, and we're glad you are listening today here. Beautiful summer day as we take this here in Charlotte. We're not still not on the road, but we're getting there. We're going to be on the road soon. On the road? This is as far from the road as you can get them in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah, we have our two remote units connected here. So we're actually in two. This is the first time, Dave, we've done this remotely. We're actually not in the same physical space. So this is yeah. I'm not the sure if that's a apart. good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, well, we'll uh, on one sense, I, I can't uh, throw paper airplanes at you, but in no. the other sense, you kind of have your own personal space. Yes, and you can't uh, you can't give me driving directions like you know take a left here at that, you know, exit 75. You, know, you can't do that. Yeah, do exactly. That. And that's we're right. not going to get cut off, or at least I don't anticipate it. No truck horns, though, unfortunately. No truck horns, but the public mic is demanding more of you. Yes, they are demanding more of me. And uh, we'll see if they get it today. I don't know. We're still. <laughs> I still kind of believe you want I, I the mean, public leave them. Leave, you want them leaving. You want to leave them wanting more, not less. That that that's true. You want to have that that air of mystery. But at the same point, the the public wants to know how you break down the back of the A's bullpen and your thoughts on uh, the NBA summer league. Oh, who doesn't love the NBA summer league? Uh, a lot of people seem to be uh, actually enjoying it, and it's become it's, it has gained in popularity. But uh, we still haven't been hired to call any NBA summer league games, so I think that'll keep my interest at a uh, at a minimum right now. I was talking to my dad on Sunday night, and he was complaining about the coverage of the NBA summer league, and he's like, "Why do I have so much of this on?" And I said. What's the alternative? Yeah. My dad's not a World Cup guy. I like the World Cup, but I'm not reading a ton about the World Cup. I'm just consuming two hours after two hours uh, of soccer, and that's on in the middle of the day. You've got Wimbledon. That's on in the morning. But you talk about what's on in the afternoon or the evening, particularly on the Pacific Coast where my dad lives, and you've either got regular season baseball or the summer league, and there's been so much discussion about NBA free agency. Obviously, the draft got a great rating. The playoffs were watched by millions upon millions of people. So it kind of makes sense that the NBA would seize that space and continue their popularity, even if the games don't mean anything. Well, and the other exciting factor, I think, if you're an NBA fan, is the, the, the ability to... I mean, this is this isn't minor league basketball, but essentially it's rookie league basketball, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, you do have some second, maybe a third year guy hasn't played a lot, but essentially you're taking a look at the draft picks, uh, your number one draft pick, and you're taking a look at you know maybe a guy that the team took a flyer on, and it's kind of that minor league mentality of you want to kind of see the stars of tomorrow today. Um, you know, people, I don't think, and this is no disrespect to the the G League. I mean, you know, I think in those markets people are paying attention, but. You know, there there still isn't that excitement over G League as there is, I think, summer league is brewing. And I think part of it's like you said, there's a there's a, a you know, big space here in the summertime where there's just not a lot going on. You know, baseball for whatever reason, and we've kind of talked about this a couple times, but baseball just has lost its footing among casual fans. I think. I think if you're a, still a fan of a team, you're going to be a fan of that team. And if you live in that market, you know, you're still going to be full bore. Uh, you know, it's in the hinterlands where you don't have a major league team where I think interest in, in baseball has, has waned a little bit. And and with the World Cup, I mean, I think the World Cup is great, but I think there's still a lot of people that just haven't taken the time to get invested in soccer. And it's not – doesn't mean that soccer is bad. There's nothing – you know, it's a, it's a fine sport. Uh, I, I will say I thought you mischaracterized, and I know you were doing it to – 
to get more people to listen to me. No, uh, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> that doesn't um, sound like us. No, um, but uh, I, I did find that the uh, the Columbia-England uh, game was, was very exciting. Uh, especially the last five minutes of the, or actually the last twenty minutes, I guess, because they went to extra time. Um, yeah, that that was exciting. Now the the previous fifty, sixty, seventy minutes were okay. Um, there there was drama. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's become in this day and age, Dave. Everything has become about time and and investment. And you know, this is this is it's easy to get excited about World Cup because you can latch on to countries and you can latch on to players. Um, in the kind of the baseball versus soccer discussion, I, I think one thing that hurts baseball, and we kind of briefly touched upon this, I think the the death of the daily newspaper as uh, a go-to source for information has seriously hurt baseball because baseball is an investment. Baseball is not something that you you tune in one day and you you take two weeks off and you tune back into it. I mean, you really, if you want to really know what's going on in baseball, you have to kind of go with it every day or at least every other day or every couple of days. I mean, you can't take lag lag times off. You know, soccer's not that. Even World Cup soccer is not really that. I mean, they don't play back-to-back days, or at least, you know, team, you know, England's not playing back-to-back days. They're playing one day, and then they're playing a couple of days later. So th- th- in this time, in this day and age that we live in now, especially not to pick on the millennials, but everything is instantaneous. Twitter, you can get your news at the snap of a finger. And, you know, I don't want to say baseball's antiquated because I still think there's there's still a lot to, to enjoy about baseball. I think there's a lot that people can in- enjoy and you're, you know, you and I watch a lot of baseball. I've, I've watched a little bit more than you, but I do agree with some of the things you said. I mean, there's way too much time in between pitches. You know, if baseball were, if, if the players would get on board about being a little bit quicker, uh, and you get games into the two and a half range, it maybe now and then go to three hours, and then of course extra innings. That's one thing. I think that would go a long ways to uh, to making the sport a little bit more enjoyable. And don't forget the other thing that baseball has negatively going against them, I guess you could say, that soccer doesn't have is there's no commercial interruptions, which is one thing that is fun about soccer is that, you know, you see the whole usually 45 minutes and a half. I mean, sometimes with injury time there's more, but there's you don't have that natural stoppage. Um, and you could say, okay, well, football. Well, well, people are starting to talk about that. You know, football and the NFL made some changes to the commercial inventory, I think it was last year, um, because they've recognized that NFL games are starting to, stretch out a little bit and some of the millennials are starting to to go away so and i think there's also an overreaction i think every time you have you see a bad number like a ratings number or you see you know there's this this overreaction like oh the sky is falling no it's you know we've changed our habits you know you've changed your tv habits over the last decade and i know i have i mean people doing more cord cutting people doing more netflix doing less with you know the old traditional hbo or even you know when was the last time you had an appointment television on a network tv show you know, I mean, so it's, it's. You mean other than watching Serena Williams this morning and the soccer game this afternoon and the A's tonight? No, I'm referring to like when, when was the last time you had a show like a Seinfeld that you you were like you know what if I'm home on a Thursday night I'm planting myself in front of that TV as opposed to yeah. now it's like well I could DVR it or I could watch it on Hulu or I could you know Netflix it when I you know D- and I think the best thing that for the consumer I don't think this is so great necessarily for advertisers but. Uh, I think the best thing to do is to wait for a show to end, and then it ends up on Netflix, and you can binge watch it over a weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly one way to go about it. I think that's what makes sports so unique and so valuable. People want to watch sporting events live. Yeah, Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. There's definitely no doubt. i got to tell you, though, I disagree with your statement about 
baseball being a sport you need to keep up with and watch every day. I, I don't find that to be the case at all. I think you can look at a box score and resume action a day or a week later. You're going to go to the beach in a couple of weeks. If you don't follow your favorite team for a week, you can come back and you're not going to have missed a great deal. And if you do miss something, you can catch up with it pretty quickly. Right, but but put it in this context of how I grew up. So even when I was on vacation as a kid, I would read the Boston Globe sports section every single day. Now, I might watch – I mean, I might read it for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. It might be, depending on Sundays, it was probably an hour. And that's it. And then you go on, you go about your day, and you've, you've already consumed that information. Um, without having all that information at your fingertips – you see, now if you want all that stuff, if you want box scores, now you have to go to a website. And not that it's like this great thing, right? But uh, it's not at your, it's not right in front of you at your fingertips. You have to go searching for things, and now you have to go multiple clicks, and then you might get distracted by some other story, or you might get an email. So it's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's the time spent uh, with, with the older technology, if you will, that that I got everything I needed from baseball in a, in a short amount of time. Whereas if I were to do the same thing now, uh, even even when you have some of the um, backdoor websites like MLBPressBox.com or the minor league, uh, you know, access to the, the minor league information, you know, where you get the stats for minor league baseball, that even though that has major league baseball stuff, but you're still doing a lot of searching and clicking and digging stuff out. Whereas the old-fashioned newspaper, you had – you know, fifteen or twenty—well, not twenty—that'd be way too many. But you'd have, you know, ten to fifteen box scores right there, and it, it doesn't take a lot of time to just go boom, 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 boom. Whereas you're looking at a box score on a tablet, let's say, you're looking at it, and then you got to click out, and you, it's just—and I, I know it sounds to me—I know it's, it's even hearing myself say it sounds kind of silly. It's like, oh, well, you got to hit, you got to use your mouse and click back. It's a big deal, but it's still more steps. You're you're, you're still doing more things than if you were just looking at one giant sheet. And you're right. I mean, you can go back, but uh, and get caught up. And, exactly. And now, actually, you could make the argument if you wanted to go to like Yahoo Sports, you could go a week back and watch videos. Um, and but to me, if there's you still wanted to spend the time. On if you want to spend the time on it, but but to me, uh, it's kind of like the old school adage. You know, like if you did your homework every night or you did your reading every night and spent 20 minutes doing it you're fine getting ready for that test. But if you wait until the night before and then you're jamming, you're, you're cramming, it's, it's when you're going, I think when you have to go back for something, for, and maybe this is just a mental block, but I think when you have to go back for something to catch up, it just seems like it takes a lot more time than if you did, you know, 20 minutes or 30 minutes a day and, and do it that way. I think it's just different. I mean, if you pull up the baseball scores from last night, I just went to ESPN, but you could do it at any site. Every score, they'll give you a line score, a winner, a loser, whoever got the save, if there was one, and a highlight. So first game of the uh, doubleheader between the Orioles and the Yankees yesterday, Orioles win 5-4, Mike Wright the win, CeCe Sabathia the loss, Zach Britton got the save, and the little highlight simply says, Valencia reaches, crushes Homer. Oh, I bet that was a big deal. The next game, Phillies and Mets game one of a doubleheader. Flores walk off in the 10th, Peterson the win, Arano the loss. I mean, you can go through all of baseball in, I don't know, 75 seconds or something. I watched the end of the A's game last night. My A's are playing terrific ball despite not having anybody that's better than a third starter, but 
If you hadn't seen the game, I mean, I spent an hour, maybe an hour and a half watching the second half of the game, but the box score indicates A's two, Astros nothing. There were only 11 total hits in the game. Montas the winner, Peacock the loser, trying and save number 23. And the highlight is Piscotty puts A's ahead with a home run. That was the entire story of the game. I spent an hour doing what I could have spent 15 seconds doing this morning. Yeah, but but I guess what I'm saying is it's the it's the... I don't know if discipline is the right word, but it's just doing it every day. And it's, it's, but you don't need to do it every day. The A's right now are 51 and 40. And if I look at the box score a week from now, they'll be, you know, 55 and 43 or something like that. So what did I miss? Yeah, but the time to go back and look at seven or eight games in a row is, to me, is it's, and maybe you don't just, need to look no, but maybe at and maybe it's you, just my just don't worry maybe it's just it. the way my mind works. I just think it's a lot easier to follow something as it's going on as opposed to to going back and and looking. But at you it don't later. have to go back. The season is so long; the games are irrelevant. It just doesn't matter. So the A's win four of their next seven. They lose three. The record is roughly the same. I didn't miss anything. I mean, you you want to find out if there was a major injury or something like that. But the next time you turn on the TV, they're going to tell you what each starter did the last time he came in, what each reliever did the last time he came in, what each hitter has done in the last five days or last ten days or anything that's relevant. I mean, if you turn on the Red Sox game on uh, the twenty first of July and you haven't watched any games in the last 10 days, they're going to catch you up that this guy's hot and this guy's struggling and this guy last time out through six innings of three-hit ball. I, I'm just not sure what you're missing. Now, if you enjoy each game day-to-day, I think that's totally reasonable and valid. But I don't think you actually miss anything. You can just turn it right back on. Now, the NBA Summer League, I, I don't see any reason to even bother getting caught up. I think the reason it's popular is simply because we've gotten to the point in basketball that we were with football a few years ago. People just can't get enough of it. Just if it's on those NBA jerseys, those colors, that marketing, that logo, the draft, the excitement of what's to come, the memory recently of what just happened, people are just enthralled by it. It's the same thing as watching uh the Pro Bowl, which gets great ratings for no reason, or the NFL exhibition season, which gets great ratings for, for no reason. People just crave football. You and I talked about the XFL and the alternative football leagues. I think they've got a chance to do pretty well because people want football. I think we've gotten to the same point in basketball. That's just not the case with any other sport. Episode 29 of the Bearded Carcast with Dave Friedman. I am Mike Pacheco. Glad you're joining us. And you can get involved at Bearded Carcast is how you follow us on Twitter. Also, uh, Bearded Carcast is how you can follow us on Instagram, although we haven't been as active on Instagram. Um, but we'll, we'll get back into Instagram when we're actually on the road, I think, doing things. That'll, that'll be a better Instagram Are story. Are we looking for interns at BeardedCarcast at Outlook.com? Oh. Do we need someone to run our Instagram account? We, maybe we do need to do that. Or maybe if uh, you know Jeff Lahr or Carl Lyles don't have anything better to do, they could do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get involved. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. 
So uh, the big discussion, uh, probably the best part of the, the Bearded Car Cast last week, was the discussion we had about the hot dog eating contest. And I, I think ambitiously, uh, what was the number we came up with? Like, I think Everett and I both agreed maybe seven or eight hot dogs or That's six. <laughs> no, I, I have to re- after nuts. after. Well, actually, we uh, so we went to a party on uh, July fourth, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna have a hot dog because it's July fourth. Now, granted, this hot dog was ginormous, and I I. I ate it in a, in a fairly quick amount of time because I wanted to say, all right, what if I was doing this in a contest? Yeah, there's no way I could do six or seven hot dogs in a 10-minute period. That's just not happening. Even you know, if I doused I, it in water, I don't think it would it would help the, to get the bun. You know, I also. recently moved, and now I'm living in the Fourth Ward area of Uptown Charlotte. And in the Fourth Ward Park, which is right across the street from my house— they had a event on July 4th, uh, music in the park from oh. 3 until 6 p.m., yeah. and J.J.'s Red Hots oh, and yeah. Snow Cones, and it was all free. Oh. So theoretically, I could have eaten as many hot dogs as I wanted to, and I was there with my father-in-law, and the kind of way they went about doing it was you had to get um, tickets, but the tickets were, were sure. free. You just went up and said, yeah, you know... Uh, uh, I'd like a couple of hot dogs, you know, thanks for putting this on. And I think they give you a, a spiel maybe about why you should, that they didn't actually do this. But I think the idea is that, you know, why you should donate to the Fourth Ward Foundation, which does a lot of good around the community. And they gave us two tickets. So I went over and got a hot dog. And my father-in-law went over and got a hot dog. And we sat down and we enjoyed our hot dogs and about... Maybe 45 minutes later, he went and got another one, and I said, nah, I, I think I'm good. One, <laughs> one hot dog does the trick. I just, I don't, I don't need to be eating five or six or eight hot dogs. And, and quite frankly, I don't know whether I could or not, but I certainly am not by choice doing that. Now, if you're a professional eater like Joey Chestnut, whether you eat 60-some hot dogs or 70-some hot dogs, I mean, that, that's a means of employment, though perhaps not the, uh, the safest one for long-term health. Well, it's like jogging, right? I mean, you might run a couple miles a day, but the ultra marathoner is going to run like you know thirty miles a day. You don't want to do that, you know. It's you want that nice easy jog. I don't jog. really you don't want to do any miles. I mean, I, I used to do maybe two miles a day, yeah. but thirty miles that seems uh, that it's seems over the top. Okay, maybe they don't do that every day, but that that's uh, extreme. Yeah, we did. You know, I used to run, and then we got a dog. And now since we have a dog, yeah. I just walk the dog several times a day. No, that's no, that's that's great. That's great. Now, doesn't uh, that seem like just as relevant exercise? I'm sure someone could come on and knows a lot more about health and fitness than I do. But if you run for say 20 minutes, or you walk for an hour, and that's basically what I do with Bella. We walk 20 minutes a day, three times a day. Yeah, isn't that about the same? I mean, I don't think you're burning the calories, but I think it's exercise, so I think it, it counts as, as being good exercise. You know, when uh, You're definitely not burning the calories if you're stopping at JJ's on the way. <laughs> no, you're definitely not burning the calories at JJ's. When uh when so when my wife was pregnant with my son, uh I started to put on the sympathy weight and uh Oh, that was nice of you. It was nice of me. I, I felt like I was doing my part. Um, you know, total class act. I was sleeping great every night. I was eating and drinking whatever I could. Uh, yeah, I was. I was a good husband at that time. At that time, uh, but as you know, um, at the time we had uh, Maddie was our dog. We probably had her for two years at that point, and so uh, and she, you know, she, being a husky, she was a shepherd husky mix. So she liked to walk. So 
we would walk like three and four miles a day. And I, uh, I got back down to, to my fighting weight, um, because I was taking her for walks every day and Sam hated it because she was putting on weight and I was losing weight. Um, but for those people that do know me very well, uh, and I consider you to be one of those people, Dave, uh, sad news in the Pacheco household. We lost Maddie, uh, last week. Um, it was time 14 years. Uh, and it's amazing how much, uh, a pet can become part of your, your family. You know, growing up, we had a dog, but it was only for a couple of years and, we never really had pets, and it wasn't until I met Sam that when I met her, she had a cat, and so we had cats cats for a while, and then um, we had an opportunity to get Maddie, which I don't know if uh, was completely legal. I mean, it was legal on our part, uh, but some friends of ours were uh, up in the mountains in Asheville. They had an investment property, and uh, it was gated, and they came across this wandering dog all weekend as they were packing up to move out. And so they decided, since the dog didn't have any tags on it, that they should uh, bring it home and find it, you know, find it a home. Uh, at the time, they had uh, twins on the way and a cat and a dog, so Maddie wasn't going to fit for them. So they put the call out, and we went over to their house, and literally Sam sat down on the floor, and Maddie came over and got in her lap, and then that was that was it. She was coming. That was it. Us. And 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 what's amazing about that story is Sam, to to that point in her life, did not consider herself a dog person. And then uh, we brought Maddie in, and the rest is history. And now we got Maddie and Karma. And Maddie, by the way, uh, the distinction before Bella of being Dave's favorite dog. That's right. Um, interesting, though. My, my history with Maddie, I would say, was not <laughs> always so positive. In yeah. the very early days yeah. of Maddie, she had a lot of energy. Right. And I don't have a lot of no. experience with dogs. I didn't grow up with dogs. And almost to a degree was intimidated by the energy and excitement that she had. But I noticed a huge shift in Maddie when you guys had John, your yeah. son. Maddie at one time was the center of attention and very, very excited and very, very outgoing. And then John came to be and John got a lot more attention, and Maddie didn't necessarily fade into the background, but calmed down tremendously. That's an interesting observation that I would not have made on my own. Do you think it's an accurate one I, or I not? Completely, no, I, I see that as being 100% true. I just never yeah, thought of it that so way. So I, I dig animals that act like senior citizens kind of <laughs> like I, I dig senior citizens in general right yeah. our, our friend gary mccann the longtime writer for the rock like who's now retired citizen. down in myrtle beach you know he, he's kind of a, a, a curmudgeon -y character i always have have liked the grandparents and the curmudgeons and yeah. and I, I think older dogs and, and our dog we just adopted our dog in november but she's seven years old yep. and she acts kind of like an old lady i mean she well likes that's like 50 in dog years dave so Exactly. Exactly. She she likes to sleep and complain and you know just kind of do her own thing. And Kvetch, she barks at other she like people. She she wants people to get off her lawn and yeah, yeah. and yeah. I I kind of like that. I think as it turns out, I used to think I didn't like dogs, but in actuality, I don't like puppies. Ah, uh, well, but you don't like kids though either. So it kind of matches. That's right. Yeah, it's not kids. I don't like. I don't well, like babies. Infants. Yeah. Right, so you're right. the type of person I, that if if you could adopt a dog at seven, that that's right, that's your wheelhouse. But you don't you don't right. want anything to do with the cute little puppy that's gonna uh, uh, draw all the attention and rip up the house and run around and jump on your leg and 
pee on your game notes. I mean, that's that's not for you. Mike, I think we have a very strong policy. If there's an opportunity to get in the way or destroy a chart, I'm not interested. <laughs> no, I know, of course not. No, that's 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 a deadly sin. That sends you out to the uh, to the glue factory. Uh, but let's get back to <laughs> let's get back to the uh, so so there was a controversy with this hot dog eating contest, right? That uh, Joey Chestnut had like what did he end up with like seventy five, seventy four, seventy five, something like that. Yeah, I think it was seventy four. And there was some sort of counting controversy. Well, they only counted to sixty four. Oh, okay. So he actually they, they, they he went overtime two and they didn't count of it? hot dogs. Yeah, they 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 missed two plates of hot dogs, and it's pretty understandable how this happened. It's because there are too many people on the stage, yeah. and they're not counting in any sort of a like thoughtful or um, scientific way. Yes. I mean, there's there's just some guy who's probably had a couple adult beverages because <laughs> he's at a hot dog eating contest, <laughs> and he's counting one, two, and maybe he's looking out into the crowd yeah. or posing for the TV camera, and you know, just kind of missed a couple. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I mean, you know, occasionally you see an umpire that, you know, thinks it's 3-2, but it's actually 2-2, yeah. and then you walk on a third ball or something like that. And, you know, the, usually that gets corrected. And in the hot dog eating contest, well, you know, it just wasn't it wasn't quite that accurate. It would kind of be like us saying that this is episode 24 of the Bearded Car Cast. Oh, no, no, no. You can't skip the five episodes that... Uh that are there i mean that's it's criminal and we encourage you to go back and listen to the last several episodes on soundcloud and itunes absolutely now it's a lot better if you listen each week but we more than are happy that that you go back and you take that investment and you listen to the past episodes uh you don't and be funny review has anybody idea is to uh to to move up the charts but yeah. no one seems to uh be leaving reviews for us well we need reviews and we need subscriptions so subscribe, uh, yeah. leave, a, leave a review, uh, like us, share us, take us to the beach with and you. And be a part of the show. Yeah. We want to know what people are interested in hearing about. So whether we're having a, a, a strong take on something like soccer versus baseball or we're just kind of having a good time, what is it that you enjoy and what is it you do not enjoy about the show? How could we fix it and make it more interesting to you? We'll take those suggestions and then we'll do exactly what we want with them, which could mean <laughs> ignore them altogether. But at least we know. And at least we know. All right, more to come here on the Bearded Car Cast. Uh, Panthers ownership has changed. What, 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 where does an owner fit in, uh, in where you, you, how you view your team or, or how it, a team is made up? What, what, what is the responsibility of the owner? What, 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 is the, what does he mean? What does an owner, he or she, mean to a franchise? We'll talk about that. Also, uh, we'll dip into the mailbag. Uh, Dave got, uh, we got some good uh, stuff in the mailbag. We'll try and squeeze that in. And, uh, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Bearded Carcast, episode 29. Episode 29 of the Bearded Car Class with Dave Freeman. I am Mike Pacheco. Glad you're joining us. And we encourage you to send us a review, like us. I mean, do what user 69559562424 did on SoundCloud. They liked one of our tracks. You can do that, too. And, of course, we always encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or however you like to consume the Bearded Car Cast. We encourage you to do so. 
Some people have friends named Mike, Jim, <laughs> Betty, but our biggest friend is user 695 and a bunch of other digits. <laughs> and you can too. It's not just exclusive to That's people with numbers. That's our guy. We like letters, uh, consonants, vowels, all that. Those are, those are all pretty important too. So obviously the, the big story in Charlotte uh, has you know, been the close of the Panthers sale. David Tepper now takes over for Jerry Richardson. Uh, and it got us thinking, Dave, you know, I think in this day and age, and maybe it was the same back in the in the tens and twenties and thirties. Uh, but you know, what does obviously beyond spending money and hiring the right people, what what does an owner mean to a fan base, and what is an owner's responsibility to that fan base? Well, I don't know if they have a responsibility. I mean, it, it's a business decision. They've decided to to own a business, and they're going to try to make as much money and be as successful as possible with it. I mean, I'm not sure that anybody cares about who owns Apple, but you want their product to work really well for you. That being said, um, ownership makes a great deal of difference. Even in a salary cap climate where every team is spending the same amount, how you allocate those resources and who uses those resources, who makes the decisions, makes a big difference. I cheered for the Golden State Warriors for 30 years. Bad ownership, bad management, bad coaching, bad players. And that's not to say there weren't exceptions to that rule. I think at times Don Nelson was really good. The run TMC era was was good, fun, only lasted a couple of years. But by and large, they consistently made poor decisions. The new ownership came in. They hired Jerry West and Bob Myers. They hired Steve Kerr. And though they inherited Steph Curry, they drafted Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and traded for Andre Iguodala and so on and so forth. And they've pretty consistently now for been very much on the forefront of everything you would want to be, whether it be player acquisition or the way the team travels or the way the team eats and just kind of do things in the right way. So, yeah, there's a reason that certain franchises always win and certain franchises struggle to win. And it, it it's the leadership and it's the people you hire. But in terms of is Dave Tepper going to win games or not? No, of course not. I mean, he's going to be involved in local politics in terms of if he wants a new stadium or he wants concessions to help uh, renovate the new stadium and get a get a practice facility and that sort of thing. And, of course, he's going to hire and fire. And, and that's probably the biggest role he has. He's going to have an opportunity to, you know, hire a general manager if he decides to move on at some point from Marty. And he's going to have an opportunity to hire and fire presidents and vice presidents and other people working in business. But as for the on-the-field product, I mean, I would think most good owners aren't Jerry Jones, right? You're going to hire a GM or keep the current GM, assess how well that person does, and give them the power to either succeed or fail. Do, do you agree or no? Well, I think there's in the relationship. No, everything I, I agree with basically everything you said in the, the the triangle, if you will, right? I mean, there's that's why I consider you such a good friend. Well, you agree with everything I, I say? Not everything. <laughs> not everything. Um, you know, I think there is there is some sort of a triangle, right? I mean, there's you know, there's obviously the, the the team, then there's kind of the media, and then there's the fans. Or I guess you could say there's the team, there's the 
the business side, like the marketing, ancillary stuff, like you know, marketing, communications, media, and then there's the fans, right? And you know, in this market, for so many years, because Jerry Richardson never really talked, there was, and I think because he almost went overboard not talking, people always wanted to hear what he had to say and what his thoughts are on certain things. Of course, obviously, with the latest. Uh, you know, the latest news, the, the scandal that kind of led to his leaving, you know, I think there's a continuation of people still wishing that maybe he would have addressed that in his final uh, statement, which he made no mention of what led to his ouster uh, or his leaving. And, uh, you know, no, didn't seem to be any kind of uh, remorse or regret. More and more it feels like his legacy is going to look like Donald Sterling and not the things we talked about for so many years. Yeah. And but and, and when we were t- discussing this, or when we were talking about this last night, about as a as a topic, one thing I was always thinking is interesting about this market as opposed to like a Dallas or even um, in New England. You know, Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft would get out and speak. I wouldn't say well, Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft are a little bit different, and I think jo- Jerry Jones is obviously very much out there. In fact, at one time as the GM, he was speaking a lot. So the the media and the fans, I think, had more of a hands-on relationship with him. And Bob Kraft, I think, is a little bit similar. Uh, but with Jerry Jones, you really, with with Jerry uh, Richardson, you never really knew anything about, you know, you never, there was no relationship, I think, with the fans outside of just him owning the team, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and then when we got to know him a little bit more, maybe some of those things we didn't like so much. That being said, No, but the I, point I I'm trying to make is, what is, but the point I'm trying to make is, so what, you know, is where where is, where is the fan well, where should the fan be in all this as far as, you know, a lot of fans uh, that, that I talk to, you know, and what, what you read on social media, sometimes I think they want to have more of a say, if you will, as, as stakeholders, as people that buy season tickets, as people that buy tickets to games, as people that buy merchandise. Um, well, but, but buying a ticket or buying a uniform, you get the right to go to a game or wear a jersey. You don't get to decide if they're going to run a play action fake or a uh, a post. I mean, you, you don't get to decide what goes on with the team. If you want a piece of the team, you better buy a piece of the team. That, that That's not the way it works. But that's also, I think, one of the reasons why sports radio took off when it did. Because sports radio is really the first time I think fans felt like they had a voice. Now, granted, their voice may or may not have been heard or may or may not have been taken seriously. And you can make the argument, and I can't remember the, who said that famous quote, but was it Lee Elia when he had that huge rant with the Cubs? And he said, hey, when, you, when you start listening to the fans, you become one of them. Like, in other words, you lose your job right. and you're sitting in the stands. Um, I mean, there's a reason that the fans don't make the pitching changes. Right. That, that's what somebody's getting paid very well to do. And if they don't do a very good job, they lose their job. The fan stays whether uh, one manager is there or a different manager is there. Well, owner is there or different i mean how many people are going to buy season tickets because there's new ownership for the panthers is anybody going to do that i wouldn't think so uh i think people are going to want to hear what he has to say um moving forward but i think no i don't think the, the, the direct result of tickets isn't, isn't cam because newton of wasn't being... on the team people would stop watching because they like cam newton or when julius peppers left and came back maybe that attracts some people but i, I have a hard time believing the guy sitting up in the suite is, is he the difference he makes is in the people he hires and in the decisions he makes that are several steps above the 
you know, what play to run and what players to have. No, the owner's impact to me is what you just said. It's the bigger picture stuff. And, and if the owner is doing his job right, it, it's almost like a referee. If the owner's doing his job right, you're, you're complimenting him, but yep. you're just you're almost not observing what he's doing because there's no reason to talk about it. It's when things go sideways, you know, if you have bad personnel decisions and, and you know, ba- even bad business decisions, that's when you start to to get to get fired up about the uh, about about the owner. All right, before we get out of here, uh, I know you. Um, I think we have time just for one of the items in the mailbag. What uh, what did you what uh, which one did you pick, Dave? Well, it's a classic off-season email, right? It says which division has the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And instead of actually answering that question, I think the better question is because we like to read our emails, but that doesn't mean we actually like to think or respond to them is who cares? (laughs) I mean, isn't that a clickbait type of question? I mean, you you read all this stuff in the off season, whether it's the NBA Summer league you're paying attention yeah. to, or the hot dog eating contest. I mean, th- this comes from an article uh, on NFL.com that addresses the same thing, and the writer goes division by division, yeah. which which quarterbacks and evaluates all of them. But who wow. who cares? But the well, and the other better or not maybe lesser better question, if if that's a thing. Uh, but what's the methodology? Like if if you if you do want to think about it, I mean how do you how do you delineate or how do you I mean Tom Brady's the, arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL so how much weight does he have in a crappy division I mean there's only I mean Ryan Tannehill but he's coming back from injury I mean like so how would you rate uh, to me the other the better question or the the more sillier debate maybe is what's the better one two combination as far as starter and backup, if you really want to get silly on that one, I know you—that's something you would you would spend about less than a nanosecond thinking about. Um, yeah, I just don't really like. To, to me, when you look at the things you're interested, whether it be Wimbledon and, and women's tennis right now is not particularly good. The top ten seeds all lost, or the World Cup, and we only have a few games left in that or or baseball at least those are actually competitions taking place Um, right like this is not only a competition that's not taking place it's not going to take place i'd rather look at the over-unders for each nfl team and say okay this team won seven games last year and their over-unders eight and a half this year this guy's coming back from injury they drafted this at least we're talking about the teams and how good they might be and the players but like I understand that quarterback is the most important position in sports, but whether the other guys in the division with Tom Brady stack up to be better or worse than the guys in the Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Cleveland division, what difference does it make? I mean, it's not relevant. It's not interesting. Who cares? But that, that being said, those things are only published because Tons of people are clicking on them. They're like mock drafts. Remember we talked yeah. about the draft and how popular mock drafts are and how profitable they are? I mean, they have no semblance in reality. They don't mean anything, but it's impossible not to click on them. Well, and it's the same thing, Dave. I mean, there was, you know, the philosophy, and I guess this still is the case in talk radio, sports talk, well, talk radio in general, but sports talk radio. Sometimes the best topics are the ones that there's no clear right or wrong answer. Yep. You know, I yep. mean, well, now, it is that time of year where you turn on talk radio right. and it's your favorite sports movie. 
I mean, I mean that that's the time of year we're in. Bull Durham. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take a pass. No, I mean, I'm like, like I, I do I like, like Bull movies. Durham, but I like some sports yeah. movies, but we're really gonna launch into a, a thirty-five minute or a sports video, a three-hour debate about it. I mean, you know, you can like Rocky and Field of Dreams. It, it's okay. What one doesn't have to you be can, better than the other. You can do that. You can like Major League, and you can like The Natural. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is groundbreaking Hoosiers stuff. Too. Groundbreaking stuff here yeah, on the that, Carcast. Oh, well, that's why people tune in. They 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 want to get the uh, the freshest and yes. most up to date uh, information. So you know, let, let, let's debate. Uh, you know, whether someone should have been the MVP twenty five years ago or not. Okay, and uh, next week we'll go around the uh, NFC South and find out the best place kickers. Best place, place kicker. That's in the right. NFC, so I'm, I'm looking forward next to, to the it. Bearded Carcast. Are you here be, next week? Be, best at... place kicker in Panthers history. Next oh, week yeah. on the Bearded Carcast. No, let's do the top five place kickers in Panthers history. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if we did the best, it wouldn't be a very long discussion. So we better we better dig a little bit deeper. Let's do top five. Let's do. T- I think John Casey will be in there. <laughs> So, uh, are you, man, you, that's that's a real tease. Yes. People are going to come out of dro- out of the droves to to listen to that one. That that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. You sure, you want to hear more of me this week? Uh, so, are you here next <laughs> week? Are you because I know you're going. We're both kind of out of town the the week after, I think, right? But we're we're back next week for another uh, star study. Well, Saratoga edition. opens. It's time that's to go right. play the horses. Yeah, that'll be fun. Have you broken them down yet, or? Do you wait like for a well, few you days? Well, you can't handicap until the past performances come out, oh, and they okay. only come out a few days before the races. So, no, not yet. So you don't you do any kind of advanced? Uh, like you don't you look do at, a little advanced. Okay. I mean, there are always trends and, and things to look yeah. at. Turf horses, you know, better on the inside than the outside and the inner turf or, or you know, fast uh, days versus muddy days and things of that nature, trainers and and jockeys and, and stuff like that. The, uh, the Jim Mazur book just came out in the last couple of days, Progressive Handicapping, one of the great guides to what goes on at Saratoga. So that's always exciting to to have that arrive in the mail. It's a little bit like getting the Blue Ribbon yeah. College Basketball yearbook. So, yeah, there's some work to be done, but we're not we're not hitting it hard quite yet. All right, so Dave just got his Christmas in July present, and uh, he'll be that's able right. to share that with, with all of you. I know we'll get it... Um, an exciting uh, after the Saratoga, we'll get a breakdown of uh, all the good events. Hopefully, you have some good celebrity sightings. I know every now and then you uh, you guys have some good celebrity sightings when you go to Saratoga. So we'll look forward to those coming up, and we'll look forward to the next edition of the Bearded Carcast. It'll be the thirtieth, Dave. We have to get creative and figure out what our uh, big thirtieth uh, episode is going to be. But we'll you know, we'll work I meant on to ask you this once upon a time when you started with the Bearded Carcast, and and you like to write them in. Um, Roman numerals. Yes. Why did you decide to do that? And at what point do we switch from Roman numerals to numbers? I well, first of all, I'm staying with the Roman numerals as as long as uh, I can. I just think that's because it's different. Everybody does episode one, or I, I just thought Roman numerals would uh, give it a little bit of class, class up the joint. No, and and this podcast is nothing <laughs> if not class. It is. It exudes class. All right, that's enough for us. That's Dave. I'm Mike. Make sure you follow along at Bearded Carcast and Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Dave, you have anything else to say or is this good night or good afternoon? No, that's it. Call, call it a day. We'll be back next week.